This is Sound of a Record from Kettleflower in Nashville, Tennessee, where we talk about the songs, what inspired them, how they got made, and what it all means. Welcome to Sound of a Record. This is Patrick Rickleton, one half of the band Kettleflower. This episode is a conversation between me and the other half of the band, Mike Purcell, one out of a series of five episodes, each discussing a song on our EP titled At Sundown in the Blackout. Thank you for listening, and please take a moment to stream or download the record at Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, and lots of other places. So we have come to the final track of the EP at sundown in the blackout this is track number five in the roots and uh this is easily the oldest the track with the oldest origin the only one that we didn't really actually didn't do much with during lockdown at all it was written and mostly fully recorded before but we as we were putting these songs together trying to sort of figure out what the theme was this felt to me like a nice fit and especially as kind of a nice bow if if the first four songs are various voices from the blackout this is kind of the um the lesson the conclusion the um yeah some way to to bring it to a to a close even though the song had existed before it's um it ultimately addresses the the worry and the concern and all of that of the uh previous four songs so this song begins According to my, my investigative work in my inbox, uh, around July, August 2015, you sent me a, a demo by email. I just took that and ran with it, wrote melody and lyrics. I guess I probably sent you a demo of just my acoustic guitar and vocal. Close your eyes and feel the truth of it. Pain is in the roots. You feel it when you love someone. Love is what you lose. And then where do we go from there? I feel like we just sat on it, said we would record it. Maybe we started a recording and then ditched it. And then I know there was a, a, a key change later. So I feel like we tried to sort of start recording it, say 2015, 2016, and then we didn't do anything until 2018. What, what do you remember about that? Well, this was, you know, like you said, this is an old song. And I think it was with the kind of the first right after the very first record that we had done because I had all of our data on a hard drive and so I had finished this track and I think I had put real drums on it and it had a couple other parts it was a fairly well fleshed out track I'd sent it to you you had kind of followed the process that that we had done on that first record which was I believe putting a guitar and a vocal on it and then that hard drive crashed and I lost all the data I went back and started trying to rebuild the track, but with a lot of that stuff, I, I was pretty worn out on it. And it, was, it was a pretty big 
bummer to lose all that data. So I, I didn't work on it very hard. Then at some point, I guess 2018, we, we started working on it again. Alex Mojavarian came in and put live drums on it when we had done live drums for another batch of songs. I was thinking, it uh, seems like the last uh, two and a half years, we've, we've probably worked on it pretty hard two or three times where we were trying to get mixes done on it. I'd go through and, and do a bunch of guitar overdubs and then not mess with it for three months and come back and listen to it and hate everything I did and and end up redoing things over and over. I just got tired of it pretty much. And I didn't have a really clear vision of of where it needed to go. Just kind of felt like I was throwing things at it and just kind of these random ideas. You know, there there's some that have a weird uh, piano uh, melody line in the intros and the turnarounds that, that lasted for like a month and a half. Um, and I came back and, and would hate it. And I think the, uh, the the problem with that is it, I was just kind of overthinking everything. The last time we started working on it again, you had mentioned keeping it kind of a, a guitar-driven song, like, like Jayhawks. I had been watching a Tom Petty documentary, and I just decided to start treating it like a Tom Petty song, you know, like Mike Campbell with a 12-string and uh, acoustic guitars and kind of one of those more Jeff Lynne type productions. It was based around this rhythmic bed, the acoustic guitars and the hi-hat and, you know, the kick and the snare just kind of down in the mix. Once I finally came upon that direction for it, that's when it, it was easier to sort of solidify what it was going to end up being because we had a i mean there's a lot of elements on here if i were to pull up the session i guarantee there's at least 40 tracks that were recorded at one point or the other that are not in the version that's on the record you know there's some synthesis arpeggiated synthesizer passes that are real distorted we had added a harmonium at one point which stayed on the record you know it kind of had that organic feel But there were definitely a, a lot of elements that, you know, as we've gone through kind of the, the evolution of the band, I feel like we've sort of had different vibes. I mean, there was definitely a period where we had kind of more maybe electronic-y elements and that kind of thing. You know, then for a while, we kind of got into doing sort of the live drum thing. And this song is one that, that goes way back to the very beginning of what we were doing. And it's kind of lived through the evolution of how we record music. So it's got all these different ideas through the years, weird little ideas that were sort of a thing for the band at a, at a point. I'd sent this off to you and I wasn't sure about it. And I was never really sure about it because I'd, I'd get back to it and listen to the mix and be like, I don't know, man, I, you know, because I didn't have that clear vision. But when I, when I kind of took it in that guitar direction and, and thought about it as a Tom Petty song, did a mix on it and then came back to it after like 
two months or three months. And I was like, okay, this works, you know, this feels good. You know, and, and there's some still in this version, there's some elements from that were recorded like three years ago. There's a baritone guitar in there that comes in for one section. Just a lot of kind of weird, different elements. It kind of captured the feeling of like a little more positivity. I think it's a good way to end the record. Yeah, there was one point I was determined to make this kind of electronic song. Like uh, we, we were playing around with all those those are those arpeggiated loops. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is the direction I want to go in. Uh, we just couldn't figure it out. And, and at the same time, we were trying to work it up live. And so that was kind of muddying the, the process because uh, just the two of us playing a song is, is going to be nothing like what we're going to end up recording probably. So yeah, we just couldn't quite work it out. And you really did, over the course of last year, get to the point where uh, you were tired of it. But what you were sending me, I was really liking, especially the guitars, all those layers. Did you ever record a 12-string guitar, or is it just the layers of guitars that make it sound that way? That was It's a real 12-string electric. I, I've got a friend that had one, and I borrowed it for a week, and, and it, it ended up on a lot of songs, but this is the one where we ended up keeping it. And I think that's a big part of the song. And, you know, working it up for the live arrangement, arrangement I think, had a lot of influence on where it ended up on this record, because a lot of the ideas on this song are things that we had gone through working out the live arrangements because like the recording on this, our live arrangement on this song has been through so many changes. Like with uh, some of our other songs in the live arrangement, it was real obvious um, what we were going to do with them, how we were going to build them, how we were going to take what we were doing and convert it to basically a two-piece band with some loops. But on this song, we went through several different iterations of, of trying things out on this song. Some of the guitar elements that ended up in the album version were used at various points working out the the live arrangements like that. Um, the There's kind of a simple arpeggiated 12-string thing that occurs in the verses that was I came up with um, trying different things in the li live arrangement. It was a part that you had worked out, the primary part that starts in the second verse where it's just... Um, it's droning off a, a version of a C chord, I believe. We were working out the live arrangement, and you said, I hear this, just playing the same thing over and over. I think if we had done kind of our how we've done everything else, it would be a different, different thing. Because this song probably um, has the most in-the-room collaboration with you and I, because we'd worked out these things in the live arrangement, and they ended up on the record. And we were working out the live arrangement. That was the one time where we were sitting in the room together, and I'd try something, and you'd be like, I'll try doing it this way. And I'll be like, okay, let me try improving that. And there was a lot of back and forth on this song with us in person, which hardly ever happens on any of the recordings. You know, I, I think we've been in the room together recording a song once. When we were working on the live set, I think what, what we kind of came back to a lot was that this needs to be, we need to have as much dynamic range as possible because this is the two of us and we want to try to make an engaging show with just two people and what we had at our disposal, which was a couple of guitars and some, some loops that we were planning to trigger 
and songs had to had to have some big moments and some soft moments and that sort of thing. And and I think we we worked it out with this one live that but there needed to be some softer moments, you know, especially maybe that first chorus, the chorus after the bridge, that sort of thing. So some some real ups and downs to it to make it work. And and that that comes out in this recording. It's like a really conventional song, you know. The chord changes are fairly standard. You know, we could go out and find a thousand other songs that kind of have the same stuff on it. We worked really hard to kind of add elements to, to make it stand out. Just doing something to be able to cut through all the noise of everything else. Well, yeah, and ultimately for me, what, what sold me on the arrangement, I, I hadn't been real satisfied with it until I started to hear that, that real jangly um, atmosphere that you were starting to create this past year and and then when I I needed to re-record the vocals and when I did that I I started for the first time I thought to layer on these harmonies and the verses and that that helped me a lot too because I really felt like okay this is definitely in that vein of the birds the Jayhawks Tom Petty and um, let's just run with that it's a great sound it's a sound that 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 we both love I wrote these lyrics at that at the time, 2015, when you sent me the the original demo, and my kids at that time were one and three, I guess. I believe you had recorded this right around the time that, that your brother had passed. Is that right? Uh, I don't recall exactly, but you're, I'm sure you're. It must have been. Correct. Yeah, because I I had that stuck in my head, and that was in my mind as I was writing it. I know that for sure. I had that on my mind and, and, and trying to feel that in a sense from from your perspective and and then you know my kids just having been born and I'm in a new phase of life and seeing them grow up and yeah I just seized on the idea of of like this yin and yang of of pain and love of, of suffering and love where pain is in the roots you, if you love someone you're going to feel pain they're going to cause you pain they're going to die they're going to disappoint you they're going to betray you something is going to happen. You're going to feel some pain as a result of this love you have for someone. But if you try to avoid that pain, then then you'll also miss out on on the the wonder and the beauty of that love as well. So seize the time, feast your eyes, burn it into your memory. Have the courage to 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 engage with people and and, and have a real relationship, and it will cause you pain. <laughs> Yes, that is inevitable, but it's, um, it's, it's kind of what we're meant to do, I think, and it's, it's an important part of, of this life. So that is what connects it to the rest of the EP for me. There's all these voices of, of, um, of uncertainty and pain and suffering from the blackout. It kind of comes back to being close to the people around you and engaging with them, and everything sort of comes back to that. And in spite of all this uncertainty and all of this um, this madness that's going on around us, if you can you can appreciate and give your energy and attention to your relationships, the people around you, you'll be healthier for one. But it's it's really all that you can do. I think at the end of the day. <laughs> 